0: Yeah. It is Monday, June 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. Not with me today, though, is Jared Smolo. We will be back together later this week for an ADP check. Today, instead, I have a guest with me to talk some IDPs. Mike Wollert is the lead IDP analyst at 444.com. He is a fantasy writing veteran. He is host of the new Miked Up IDP podcast and always within reach on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert. Mike, thanks very much for joining me.
1: What's going on, Matt? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. We're a little bit more than a month past the NFL draft. I had Sigmund Bloom on recently to talk rookies with me. This week, Mike and I are going to look at trying to put those rookies into context and, and looking beyond the rookies as well for Dynasty purposes, because that's kind of the focus in fantasy right now. Obviously, at this point, we're drafting all year round, pretty much, it seems like, Mike. But Dynasty is the big focus from startup drafts. We've got rookie drafts. So we not only want to look at where we're taking these rookies in a rookie draft, but really where they fit in the overall picture. And I think that pretty much everything in this rookie class starts with chase young. So let's go to him first on the D line. And where does chase young fit for you among overall D linemen for dynasty purposes?
1: Boy, yeah, for dynasty purposes, there's, there's definitely been a shift. I mean, in the past it was always, you know, linebacker linebacker, but now since the linebacker position is becoming so deep now, you almost have to get your, your defensive lineman and hit those uh, high upside rookies. And as far as Chase Young goes overall, I have him right just looking outside the second tier. I've got him at like the DL 21 because, I mean, he is still a rookie. Um, there still are some veterans that have the, the track record of production. But I think if you can get him right as your DL two, kind of where I have him. But if you're in a, in a rookie draft in some of the mocks in an ADP, I'm looking at, at him. You're probably going to have to spend a top 15, top 20 rookie pick on Chase Young. Some instances I've seen him going top five. So that's kind of where I have him going right now as far as overall defensive lineman.
0: It feels kind of silly to have to say it at this point, but I, I think that you still do have to say it, especially on the IDP side. But a lot varies with the league format. I've found that on the IDP side, at this point, most people pay attention to the offense. They know how the offensive side, the scoring, the lineup mm-hmm. in their league works. But there's still a lot of people who underrate the importance of the IDP side, or maybe even overrate it if they're not comfortable mm-hmm. with it, if their league is taking it on for the first time. So, yeah. I I feel like you always have to to lead with this caveat that, you know, in some places, Chase Young is going to be really important. In other places, no D lineman is going to be really important.
1: Yeah, it really is depending on your scoring system. I'm seeing a lot of leagues kind of adjust scoring system to where it's evening out with offense. And then obviously, you know, if you don't know IDP, or if you're just getting in it, IDP might become an afterthought. So you could get Chase Young. I mean, in a mixed draft and, you know, an 18th, 19th round, if you're not, if you're not really paying attention to it. So yeah, it definitely depends on your settings, how many you're starting and, and yeah, and your scoring for sure.
0: Now I like Chase Young better, um, for dynasty purposes. I've got him right behind Nick Bosa, right ahead of, of Cameron Jordan and Melvin Ingram. He's inside my top 10 already. And I think that, I think there's a chance that he just. Jumps in and produces much quicker than we're used to seeing guys mm-hmm. at this position, 26 and a half sacks, 35 and a half tackles for loss over his two starting seasons at Ohio State. And I was further encouraged about going after him that high early because Ron Rivera said that they're planning to play him about 40 to 45 snaps, which would be if you go by last year's plays for them, it would be more than 50%. I'm really interested to see how they work out their D line rotation really at end with Montez sweat and Ryan Kerrigan, but also throughout the line. Cause Washington has a ton of D line talent.
1: Their defensive line is, is, you know, I don't know what the the fan base is in terms of Marvel. It's like they have the infinity gauntlet of defensive linemen right now. I mean, you've got Jonathan Allen on the interior along with Teron Payne. And if you're rotating Ryan Kerrigan potentially in and out you have an embarrassment of of riches at the defensive line. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at a startup or a dynasty, I'm kind of right there with you. I would have him kind of in that top 10, top 15. Just watching Chase Young, I mean, it is almost a hot take to say that he could be as good, if not better, than even Nick Bosa at this point. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. just so dominant, especially when you have to throw two to three guys at you and you can get away with that in college, but I don't think you can get away with that in the pros.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, let's hope that we get a full training camp and preseason to really get a good initial look at him. But I think I think everyone can agree that there are big things ahead for Chase Young at some point. Who's your next rookie on the D line and and how far down the rankings do you have to go to get to him?
1: I think there is definitely a bigger gap with defensive line than there would be at, say, linebacker. I have Yator Gross Matos as my second defensive lineman. I have him kind of just outside of that top 25, top 30 in terms of dynasty Carolina, I think is transitioning more to a base 43. And obviously, you know, base defenses really don't matter in the NFL, but he's going to be more of that hand in the dirt defensive end, which is fine with me. I did not want to see him in a, in a three, four or go to a linebacker. So I'm good that he's going to be defensive end. So You know, I think he and Brian Burns and Derek Brown are going to be a really solid trio up front. Really just like what I saw at Penn State, linebacker athleticism in the body of a defensive lineman, really good tools, good pressure rate in college. So I think he's going to have a a nice transition, plus you still have K1 Short. But I still have him just outside that top 25 in terms of of dynasty, but I think he's going to be probably your, your next defensive lineman you target in rookie and startup drafts.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that I have Chase Young way up there. Uh, you have to go all the way down just outside the top 30. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Caleb on Chase on and Yator Grossmatos right next to each other there. And I, I kind of forced myself to rank Chase on next just because he was the only other guy to go in the first round. Everybody yeah. else went in the, the, the second or later. I I don't want to have him there, though, because I felt like he was overrated going into the draft. I thought he lasted longer than a lot of people expected. I, I just I don't know. I was not excited by anything that I saw from Caleb on chase on in his limited time on the LSU defense. I, I, he's one of those rankings that I might still go back and move gross Matos ahead of him.
1: Yeah. He, I, I still have gross Matos ahead of him. He's a guy that for me, I'm kind of in that same boat. I kind of liked at the outset. I, I looked at him again. Um, I still think he's going to be startable. I think he's still someone, obviously you're going to want to target, but I think on in the leagues where, you have Edge, I think he's gonna be fine, but I know in MFL I think he's still a linebacker, so that's still a little tricky for me. I think I'm almost at this point looking to put Chaison under AJ Appens at this point. So I might have those guys as that top three. So just have to kind of still take a look at the situation. I know Yannick and Gakwe is still kind of up in the air. That might have that's still a huge difference, especially if if he comes back and there's going to be a little bit more of a rotation. So I have a teetering now between Chaison and Apenza kind of going back and forth to that third and fourth defensive line or that edge rusher. And I think
0: that if you are picking between a couple guys like that, and frankly, I, I want to rank Chaseon at the point where somebody's probably not drafting him, because that's I would rather let somebody else in the league get him. Mm-hmm. I think if you're choosing between Chason and Epinesa though, then you're probably choosing between Long-term upside yep. and short-term production. I think Chason yep. has the higher ceiling. That's why he went in round one. He's mm-hmm. the higher ceiling athlete. Epenesa is a hard worker who is more likely, I think, to get into to get in for regular snaps early and give you some usable numbers.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to have a nice floor at the beginning. But yeah, I think you're going for a ceiling with Chase on. You're going for upside. But if you're already pretty happy with your with the way your defensive line group looks in your roster, yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd let somebody grab Chase on just, for the, just because of where he was drafted in, the, in that draft capital, and then hopefully let uh, Epinesa fall to you.
0: Yeah, I think this whole group is the reason why you go ahead and get Chase Young ahead of the linebacker. Yeah,
1: I I think so, too. It's like, you know what, if you draft Chase Young, it's like, all right, you guys can battle it out for the scraps. I've got my elite guy for the next five, ten years, and if you want him, you're going to be paying through the nose for him.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I was looking at these guys, these rookies, when I was getting ready for this podcast earlier, and I have Chase on Yator Grossmatos down in the same range of my rankings, where Brian Burns is. and I, I still mm-hmm. have concerns about Brian Burns actually mm-hmm. turning into a, a good IDP contributor. He could be a good football player and still not be a terrific IDP contributor, because sure. I don't know if he's going to give us tackles. And I was looking in that range, and there was him, and there was Chase Winovich, and And when I went into my rankings today, Chase Winovich was below these rookies. And I was like, no, I'm going to go for the guy that I think has the highest ceiling in this group. And I was excited about him last year. And then he went in the third round and I tried to temper the excitement a little bit. But Chase Winovich, I think among all these guys, and we're kind of transitioning into the, the next section here, but... Uh, He's he's high motor. He was highly productive in college. Lots of tackles for loss, enough sacks and then tore up the combine. So I think if you get down in that range and you can find somebody who wants a rookie and maybe Mm -hmm. you can get Chase Winovich who played limited snaps last year, but could break out as soon as this year. I think he's
1: the exciting one more so than the rookies down there. Yeah, I agree. I kind of have Gross Matos right outside of that in in my redraft, kind of the keeper rankings right outside that 35. But yeah, I actually upped Winovich a little bit today. I have him still kind of ahead of Epinesa and some of the other defensive tackles. I don't have chison ranked just because with four for fours rankings we're using mfl's designation so he's a linebacker Mm -hmm. right now so you might see him lower on my linebacker rankings but yeah i mean i probably would still have chison kind of lower probably that fourth or fifth tier you know maybe usable if you need to if you have a bye week or if you have an injury or something along those lines um i do for him i think he's one of those guys you need to see I think you have a good idea what you're getting with Matos. And Chase Young, I think, is going to be one of those guys where you plug him into your weekly lineup and you start him and you forget him.
0: Yeah, and Chase on the the linebacker designation is a good thing to bring up because it it adds risk to to drafting him right now for Dynasty. Mm -hmm. So last year, I got Josh Allen in round Mm -hmm. three, I think, late in round three of a rookie draft because he had that linebacker designation. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and draft him and see if he gets Mm -hmm. moved defensive end and he Mm -hmm. was before we got to the regular season. I think there's a chance for that with chase on. There's also a chance that Jacksonville kind of changes up how it runs its defense and maybe chase on is more of an edge linebacker. So those are, that's one of the things we'll just kind of have to watch going forward.
1: Yeah. Like, like I said, I think in the ESPN, that flea flicker league, you may not, it might not be an issue just because he'll already be kind of in that edge designation from probably from what I gather. So, yeah, you just kind of watch. I know MFL isn't switching. They're not making that overarching change. I do know they've told me that you can make the changes within the the commissioner settings, so you can always do that. But in terms of just if you're using the general settings, until he's changed in MFL, he's going to be a linebacker. So that's just, yeah, you're going to have to watch that.
0: Yeah, and that's what I tend to defer to as well as the MFL, the MyFantasyLeague.com player designation. So, you know, we'll see if anything changes there. always something to keep in mind. And, you know, let's hope that that IDP leagues just in general start moving toward more of players being designated edge so Mm -hmm. that, you know, these guys where, where linebackers and defensive ends are really playing the same position of pass rusher, basically, that we can treat them in the same category.
1: I mean, they're good football players. I mean, it's like every in every writing, it's always, oh, Chandler Jones is only good if you're in a big play league. It's like, well, he's a really good football player and he produces and it'd be nice to be able to use him on a regular basis and not have to put in the caveat. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He's going to be, uh, you know, he's a linebacker, but he's only useful in, in big play leagues. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. if you start him, you're Potentially taking a zero as your third linebacker, which really stinks. It mm-hmm. doesn't hurt as much when you have a defensive end and you have a couple of guys surrounding Chandler Jones, but when you're taking a zero or just two points and as a third linebacker, when you could have started as much as I'm not a huge fan, someone like John Bostick, who just went just mm-hmm. he just gets tackles. He's a compiler, so he's really good for IDP. If he gets seven or eight points, you're leaving 14 points on the bench. And mm-hmm. that's just not fun at all. Yeah. yeah, it gets
0: back to knowing your format too and to know exactly um, more important and what stats you need. So, moving away from the rookies a little bit, on to some more of the veterans that uh, we both see the the breakout potential in Chase Winovich, but beyond him, who's a, a guy or two among D-linemen that you think could be sleepers among the veterans, maybe that you could pick up in a cheap trade, maybe even find on the waiver wire this off-season?
1: Uh, you know what? I'd cut out a I'd send out a price check on on Marcus Davenport. He's one guy I like I think he's so far, been the a victim of, of a really good pressure rate, but that win rate just isn't there yet. But I think he's right there on the cusp. So I think he's a guy I'm trying to buy. And in terms of just a veteran, if you're in a win now mode, I might see what you can get for Kerrigan because with all of the youngsters in the youth movement in Washington, Kerrigan's coming down of an off year. He's moving to defensive end. So the designation is going to help. I might throw out some trade offers and see if you can get Ryan Kerrigan on the cheap. See if they're you know, he got five and a half sacks. So, you know, it's not like he, he lit the world on fire, but he's still young that he can he's going to be in a rotation. He still has double digit sack upside. So I'd check on Marcus Davenport and I'd also check in on Ryan Kerrigan.
0: I think in general dynasty, you're going to get value in older veterans mm-hmm. because everybody wants younger players there on defense, especially it's going mm-hmm. to get even easier to not only get value if you're going after older guys, but also easier to just kind of invest in those guys because, you know, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned, people pay less attention to it, know it less well. You're more likely to find value on the waiver wire Mm -hmm. during the regular season on the IDP side than you are on offense. You're more likely to be able to get guys at a value point in rookie drafts next year so you can Mm -hmm. replace, you know, even guys that you hung on to until they were kaput. So I think it makes lots of sense to go after older guys, Ryan Kerrigan, even older guys like uh, Cameron Hayward, who mm-hmm. 31 in May, I think is is somebody that you could get on the cheap. And even Calais Campbell, yeah. who turns 34 on September 1st, heading into his 13th season, remains highly productive. Maybe he has just one year left to him. I don't know, but it could be another very good year. Last year, he was a much more productive player than his sack total would say. And going to Baltimore, I think there's a chance that he even rebounds for another 10 sacks this year.
1: Yeah, I think even, as you mentioned, and I think even Justin Houston, I might get a price check on him now that he has, he, kind of playing alongside DeForest Buckner. And they've got a really nice linebacker core too and behind him. So I think Justin Houston is another kind of that oldie. I think he's in his 30s. That can also provide you 10 sacks. And, you know, you could get him for a year or two and then kind of move on.
0: Yeah, that Colts
1: defense is going to be
0: very interesting
1: this year. Frank Reich was
0: talking up this week, uh, Kamoko Tere on the other end. He, he said he has all the traits of the great pass rushers, he says that he has elite bend, you know, when a, when a pass rusher can get low and dip around the edge and get around that uh, offensive tackle without losing speed. Yeah. I think it seems like Ture is probably the main reason that they have not brought back Jabal Sheard uh, this offseason so far.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping for a Kimiko Ture breakout season this year. He's someone who has in his limited snaps has always been consistently getting pressure. And I think if you if he's just able to get consistent snaps and even when I talk about consistent, it's 40 to 50% of the snaps on a weekly basis. That's fine. They're, they're not like linebackers where you need your linebacker to be on 85, 90, 95% of the snaps. You have a guy like to that can get pressure that can get to the quarterback. You have him on 50, 40 to 50% of the snaps. If he's generating pressure, 15% of the time, you know, he's got a sack per game upside.
0: And it's nice to hear his coach say, even this far out, that they're really excited, especially about a guy who was coming off an ankle fracture last year. So it sounds mm-hmm. like the health is going well for Ture. He was a speed score winner coming out of college. Not very productive in college, which is a generally a red flag for me. But he had, so his three sacks his senior year actually led that Rutgers team. I just learned that today as I was looking into Ture. On the <laughs> other side, be, away from the buy low, you have any sell high or bust candidates among D linemen?
1: Dynasty is all about cashing out. Why not cash out and see what you can get for Max Crosby? At this point, his value is never going to be higher. So that's kind of who I would be looking to to sell high on this point.
0: I think that he's like your Terry McLaurin or yeah. DK Metcalf on the defensive side.
1: I mean, fourth round pick, double digit sacks in his rookie year. I didn't really see it coming. I'll be honest. But why not cash out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the upside, but he also it's not like he demolished the league last year there was a little Mm -hmm. bit of of, a fortunate sack production where he Mm -hmm. wasn't quite at the top of the league a good player I think there's still upside I also think that his playing time's coming down this year I think that's why they signed Carl Nassib because Max Crosby is what 255 I don't think they want to play Crosby for as many snaps as they did last year
1: no I he's not a, a Miles Garrett workhorse where mm-hmm. you're just going to get him on the field and and leave him on the field, even though he'll say he is. But I agree. I think Nassim is going to cut into some of his snaps.
0: And we're not saying that he's a bust. You're not expecting no. Crosby to bust, right? But, but a sell high. Sell high. Over to linebacker. Let's switch back to the rookies. Mike, what does the top shelf look like for you among the rookie linebackers?
1: For me, it begins and ends with Patrick Queen. It was always between kind of him and Simmons. I liked what I saw at a Queen, but as soon as I saw Queen's landing spot in Baltimore and I saw Simmons in Arizona, I'm like, all right, Queen is the guy that I want. He's my LB1. In terms of my my redraft and my keeper, I have him as pretty much a a pretty solid second linebacker. So right among the top 20, top 25 in a dynasty or a uh, startup setting. I think he's going to be really expensive. I think you're probably looking at top 10 for for a dynasty
0: or a startup. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, you'll you'll probably see Isaiah Simmons go ahead of him at times, but I think Patrick Queen, Isaiah Simmons will be battling each other for the top linebacker spot and be close to Chase Young in that overall. Uh, For me, it's a a larger top shelf. I certainly like Queen. I also like Simmons. I like Kenneth Mm -hmm. Murray, Logan Wilson, Jordan Brooks, Willie Gay Jr. I think all of those guys – landed in at least pretty good spots. There are certainly a few of them that stick out a little bit more for 2020 production, but I think we're going to see early production for all these guys. I think that we could really see this class kind of shake up the linebacker rankings by next year at this time.
1: Oh, I think so too. And and overall, as far as my redraft ranks go, and even, you know, dynasty, I've got about seven that I have in my ranks that could probably if you miss out on Queen Simmons or Murray, I mean you mentioned them, you got Logan Wilson, you've even got Willie Gay. you got guys like that that really don't have much of a of a roadblock in terms of a path to snaps. So I think all of those guys have a nice path to production in 2020. So yeah, you've got I think you got about seven, I think. I've got Queen probably Simmons as guys you can start on a weekly basis. I mean, I have to believe that they're going to, that the chargers are going to use Kenneth Murray. I know we joke about the linebacker rotations in in the chargers and, and I know it's kind of lazy analysis just because, Oh, Murray was, you know, chargers traded up for Murray. So they have to play him every down. Yeah. But there was a few guys that we've thought that, and it hasn't really been the case. So I think this defense is going to shift a little bit and I think you As far as I'm hoping, I'm cautiously optimistic that Murray is going to be a three-down guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, they played Thomas Davis three downs last year Mm. for most of last year. Obviously, Thomas Davis is a much more accomplished player than Kenneth Murray, but I mean, I I agree with you that the the first round draft capital suggests to me that they Mm -hmm. hope that Kenneth Murray is going to be a three-down linebacker early on. You know, maybe we get to training camp and they're like, okay, he needs development in – Coverage and we can't leave him on the field for three downs, but I think they want him to be that.
1: I think so too. And I think he has the skill set to be decent and covered. And just by watching Murray and even some of the other guys that the Chargers have, I mean, Tranquil's okay, but I think he kind of stands out as a guy you want on the field for all three, you know, for potentially all three downs. I mean, I think he's already, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, is he already the best linebacker they have on the roster without playing an NFL down? Maybe, maybe not, but. That's kind of where I think things are going. Um, he's going to probably be kept clean. I think they improved the defensive line. They added Linval Joseph. I mean, obviously, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bose are going to be getting to the passer. Jerry Tillery is, he needs to have a breakout season to really help out on the line. But yeah, I mean, Murray is probably the best linebacker they have already.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, Patrick Queen and, and Willie Gay Jr., because they had less uh, experience in college than the other guys mm-hmm. up top. I'm curious to see if we see them come along maybe even more slowly than their teams want them to this summer. Uh, You know, not that I'm concerned about them, but I'm interested to see if there's any bit of delay in that.
1: I don't. Th- I, well, at least with Queen, I'm not too worried. I think Harbaugh's already come out and said, dude's going to be a three down linebacker. <laughs> Queen is going to be a three down guy. I think he even said Harrison was going to play a lot of football, which is good for him. So I mean, even if you miss out on Patrick Queen, you can wait till that fifth, sixth round of your rookie draft and get Harrison. And you've got some long-term upside, I think. But Harbaugh's already said, I'm not even going to, this isn't even coach speak. I'm not going to tip my hand. Queen's playing for three downs.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> like that from him. And, and liked that Malik Harrison's getting ready to play a lot of snaps too. all six of these guys for me are sitting in 15 to 29 range in mm-hmm. among all dynasty linebackers and they might not outperform all the veterans that I have them ahead of right away. But I mean, they're in this range where there are a bunch of linebackers in there that that might have been reliable scores for you last year, and mm-hmm. could be in trouble for keeping their jobs through the end of 2020.
1: I mean, yeah. When you get into that third or fourth tier, where you have two or three linebackers, and there's still those guys like Gay, and then you're 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 kind of looking to guys like John Bostick, It's like, all right, well, I know what I have in Bostic. I'm going for upside here with Gay or Jordan Brooks or somebody else in that in that mold.
0: Beyond the rookie class, who are some non rookie sleeper slash buy low candidates you see at linebacker?
1: Getting a price check maybe on Deion Jones. The owner might be a little bit leery on him. You know, he had, a, he had that injury short in 2018. He had a decent 2019, but like you said, dynasty owners love their shiny new toys. Check out the, the price on Deion Jones, and I'd also get a price check on Christian Kirksey. Okay. Again, another one who's down on injuries. I think he's played seven or eight games over the last two seasons, but he reunites with Mike Petton. So he knows what to get out of Christian Kirksey. And if he has a healthy season, there is nobody in Green Bay that's going to battle him for tackle opportunities. He pretty much has that whole linebacking group all to himself. And, I mean, even at the safety position, I mean, you still have, you, you have Darnell Savages. I mean, he, he's going to play free. And, I mean, you have Orn Burks, really? I, I'd definitely get a price check on Christian Kirksey and, and see what you can get for him.
0: He is somebody that I have down on my list as well. And folks, this is a Cleveland guy. Mike is a Cleveland guy. So if if there's anybody around here who should dislike Christian Kirksey at this point, it's Mike. He's telling you to buy Christian Kirksey this offseason. I I was shocked. I was looking at the Fantasy Pros um, expert consensus today. And nobody who has entered their IDP rankings there yet has Christian Kirksey higher than 17th. I mean, he has already finished top six. In his last two healthy seasons, granted, he's had two injury marred seasons since then, but he went from there to a Green Bay defense that had Blake Martinez finish top six each of his past three years. Green Bay signed Christian Kirksey before Blake Martinez had officially left for the Giants. So clearly they were like, man, Blake Martinez is fine. We're going to go ahead and take this guy for less money because we think he can do something similar.
1: I mean, I'll be honest, I have him at at, at 18th, which I still think you have, you know, depending on how linebackers go in a draft, especially in a redraft. I mean, he could be your LB one, depending on who goes. But thanks, man. I'm questioning my own rankings. But (laughs) um, but no, he has he's he has an LB he's he has LB one upside for sure. If he can put in a full season, I mean, he's. He led the league in tackles, I believe, in two thousand and fourteen or two thousand and fifteen. He has a track record of production. He was an Iron Man for the beginning of his career where he had I think four straight seasons where he played all sixty four games. He's battled some injuries over the last two. So I think he's a perfect buy candidate and definitely a good bounce back candidate.
0: And just to be clear, I think it's okay if Christian Kirksey starts at you know eighteen or seventeen mm-hmm. in the draft rankings, but if we're talking about like eleven sets, of rankings where you get a whole range and the highest anybody has him is 17. Uh, I guarantee that once mine get in there, they're going to have Christian Kirksey higher than that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The, the production is there really nice floor and when healthy, good ceiling.
0: Another guy that I have, and and he might be available on waiver wires, but um, in deeper leagues, he should be on a roster already Is Nick Quitkowski who signed with the Raiders even before Corey Littleton did this off season. John Gruden has said that Kwiatkowski will wear the green dot. So that almost definitely means that he's going to play three downs for them. He's LB 50 right now in redraft on fantasy pros for the expert consensus. You know, we're talking about dynasty in general here, but mm-hmm. we, we don't really need to look five years down the road for what's relevant. If we can get a guy that has some breakout potential this season and you know, we're talking about somebody who signed a three year deal is going to be mm-hmm. with the team for at least the next two years heading into just his 827 27 season. And we've already seen Quitkowski produce, like put up tackle numbers in place of Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. Mm-hmm. I would go see how available he is this offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have him as my 32nd linebacker this year. And he like you said, he has the production. I think when he was playing, uh, when he was getting the snaps, I mean, he had a borderline elite tackle rate. 14 15 percent so i mean obviously that's going to dip a little the more snaps that he plays but yeah absolutely i I have no problem with kwiatkowski probably would have had him within my top 15 had Littleton not signed there but (laughs) still someone you know lb3 startable lb3 weekly for sure
0: yeah i think there's room for both of those guys to produce in that defense and you know The Raiders, and I have to keep telling myself not to call them Oakland, the Raiders are looking like they're thinking that they have their linebackers fixed and they're going to have those two guys out there for at least the next couple years. On the other side, who are you selling high or who's busting from linebacker?
1: One, I am selling off Jordan Hicks where I can. I'm capitalizing on that 2019 season, much like Crosby. You know, now you got Isaiah Simmons. They brought in Devondre Campbell. So I think those two guys could definitely cannibalize some of his tackle opportunities. I'm selling off Hicks where I can. I mean, he's a guy that I always liked. He's another guy that got bit by the injury bug. But I mean, he went from 95 tackles, literally almost doubled his tackle output in one year but because there was nobody else there, I mean Hassan Reddick wasn't going to get any tackles, and then it was basically him and Buddha Baker that were the tackle machines. So now you bring in two guys that can produce that are going to play. So that kind of has me a little bit leery on Jordan Hicks. So I'm selling him. And Matt, I know you saw my tweet about Mac Wilson. You know what? Sell on the hype of Mac Wilson if you can. I mean, he basically played a full season last season and. 940 snaps produced an 8% tackle rate. So, I mean, even if he plays a thousand snaps and if he continues at that rate, you're, you're getting 80 to 90 tackles out of a guy that's playing every down. I'm selling him and and buying on that hype where I can.
0: And we have to keep in mind with him that he was a fourth round pick. He Mm -hmm. was hyped. There were people who said he was going to go in the first round when they were projecting things. I never saw it watching the Alabama tape. I didn't think Mm -hmm. he was anything special. Uh, you know, we'll see. And and you, Mike, as a, as a Cleveland guy, what's your early guess on how things sort out at linebacker for the Browns? You know, Mac Wilson, I think we all want Sione Takitaki to be in the lineup just so we can say that name, but who, who do you think is going to settle in as starters there?
1: I, I tell you what, it's, it's not a mess, but it's certainly not a situation that is as clear as any other. Joe Woods has basically said, Hey, We've got some good guys here. We've got some youthful guys here. I'm basically going to play everyone and kind of see where things fall. I think them getting Phillips in the draft, I think, put a huge monkey wrench into everything because I I think he's the better coverage linebacker. I think they see him as a guy that can call the plays because you could tell even still when he was in LSU, he was kind of comfortable with that role. So I think they look at him as a guy who can do decent coverage, Cover tight ends, control the defense, call the plays. I mean, I don't consider B.J. Goodson to be that much competition for snaps. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if it wouldn't surprise me if they cut him if he was a roster casualty. They didn't sign him to to anything major, so I wouldn't surprise if he if he got cut. But I don't think it's as clear now as as it would have been. I I think the three, if I were just to guess, I think it's going to be Wilson, Takitaki, and and Phillips. I think. And this is just a guess, just by looking at what happened last season and how I think they look at Phillips. Maybe Taki Taki comes off the field in in sub-packages. I mean, he only played 100 snaps and they were okay. Nothing really jumped out at me. I mean, he's he, you know, he can get to the quarterback coverage, just I think he loses a little bit in coverage. So that's kind of my only worry with him. So I would probably look at Phillips, Takitaki and Wilson as starters and I think Zion might come off subs passing down so that's just kind of my early take on what Woods is going to do with the linebackers. So I don't have anything concrete so don't you know rush out and make drastic changes but I think Jacob Phillips is is a nice late round rookie sleeper and a nice long-term chip. And and to be completely honest and transparent, I think I missed Last year's linebacker situation, I thought Schobert was going to be a casualty and, and miss some snaps, and I think he played every snap. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, so you, there, there's my track record. So kind of take it for what, you, for what it is, but it's another new defense. It's another new scheme. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm seeing things are going.
0: And uh, it, it's definitely gonna be a situation to watch during the summer. It's a jumble right now, and it, it's tougher to get news on this side than it is on offense. You really have to mm-hmm. kind of comb to find any info. So yeah, we'll all be watching throughout the summer. I'll be curious to see, but you heard Mike, uh, he said, Jacob Phillips is going to be an instant stud. So go out and get him. Um, <laughs>
1: <way>. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that, man.
0: <laughs> Before we get out of high <laughs> area, I want to throw out um, the Blake Martinez who is sitting third in the fantasy pros consensus. I mentioned before, he's as high as number one. He's no lower than number eight on anybody's list. And maybe Blake Martinez continues to produce in that range, but he's going to a situation where we really don't know the defensive coordinator yet. Patrick Graham is the new coordinator for the giants was the coordinator last year for the dolphins. That's the only year that he has spent anywhere as the coordinator yet. So We don't have anything beyond that team. Jerome Baker was the top fantasy linebacker there, was LB 20 overall. That's a fine level for Jerome Baker. It was a nice season for him. That would be a disappointing season for Blake Martinez. So I I just think the uncertainty on him and really the fact that Blake Martinez has never been a special coverage linebacker, I think he might be a good one to consider uh, at least seeing if there's a selling market on him this offseason.
1: You know, it's kind of funny. I've seen people say that they can't get squat for Martinez, which is. And when you look at him, I mean, he's, you know, he's a quarter point per snap, a point per snap player. He plays 100 percent. I mean, I think he hasn't had fewer than 150 tackles over the last few seasons. And people are like, I can't get squat for him. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the thing about the defensive side, too, is that
0: maybe maybe there's (laughs) it's just not possible to sell high on anybody.
1: Maybe and and Martinez would be a good one, but boy, yeah, I'd like to see what what he's been going for because yeah, I've had a few people say I can't get I can't get anything for him, and I said, well, you know what, sit back and enjoy the the production then, and and just kind of ride him out for the rest of his career, if you. can.
0: Yeah, certainly not somebody that you need to get away from because he's gonna yeah. just fall apart. But yeah, know, find somebody in need of a linebacker. Say, hey, I got Blake Martinez if you're interested, and see if there's much available. Yep. On to the DBs. Who is your top rookie safety? And is there a gap between a top guy and the rest of the group? Or do you have a bunch up top?
1: Yeah, the DB is a little bit more bunched. I've got, I'm planting my flag on Xavier McKinney as my top guy. But Chin and Delpit are pretty close. I've got McKinney right around my the 24th. So a DB 24. So, you know, someone you could use as a as a second DB. And honestly, I've got... Delpit right there behind him, and I and I do like Jeremy Chin. Uh, mm-hmm. I have him rounding out uh, in the top 35, and I think I even have Antoine Winfield muddled up in there too, so I think he's a good big play specialist. But I think there's just a lot. I think with the DB position, it's just so volatile on, on a yearly basis that there really isn't a guy that has separated himself from the pack like especially from the defensive like like you see in the defensive line, I think every year these defensive backs come in and they're pretty close together, just because they do so much. Um, they're they need to be that multifaceted safety. They need to play deep. They need to play up near the line. But for me, I'm looking at McKinney as another Landon Collins, and I think that's how the Giants are going to use them. I think they're going to use them up in the box a little bit more. They're going to probably they're still going to play him deep just because, you know, that's just the, where the trends are. They're playing safe, you know, three safeties and they're playing one deep and they're playing you know, they're playing everybody everywhere. So you have to be able to play everywhere. So, but I'm, I've got McKinney as my top rookie. And like I said, I think I'm, I'm planning my flag. I think he's going to be used as as more of an in the box guy.
0: Yeah. I've got McKinney, grant Delpit, Jeremy Chin, all bunched together up there. I mean, I'm not, I have grant Delpit first, I'm not going to tell anybody to not take Xavier McKinney first. Mm-hmm. I think all of those guys not only are good and are versatile, but they're all three stepping into great situations to yep. produce right away. I mean, yep. Delpit in Cleveland, we just talked about what a muddle there is at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Whoever they settle on as their starters might not be all that good. I mean, Delpit might end up being the best linebacker that they have there. And we've already had Kevin Stefanski talk excitedly about him. Jeremy Chinn, is built almost like what a linebacker is at this mm-hmm. point in the NFL, and he steps into the spot where Eric Reed gave us big numbers last year. You know, you talk about McKinney; he steps into where Antoine Bethea gave us very good fantasy numbers last year. So, yeah, yep. I think all three of those guys look like instant fantasy
1: starters to me. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think you, from a from a redraft standpoint, I think those are all draftable guys. I mean, even looking at you know ADP can kind of be a little unreliable. I'll be honest, but those guys are already going within the top 10 i think especially mckinney he's already going among the top 10 overall dbs and i'm not just talking about you know rookie idps he's going along with the vets so i mean there he's being drafted i think ahead of guys like Keanu Neal and those guys so he's he's already got the eyes of the gotten the eyes of everybody so am i taking him as my db1 10, as a db10 Eh, that's a little you know dBs can be so uh, volatile but i don't have a problem taking him as is as the a, a db10 uh 10th overall if you're in a in a dynasty or a redraft or a startup so mm-hmm. i don't have a problem there it all depends on your league and how you're drafting mm-hmm. do you think antoine Winfield
0: has a shot to give us starter production uh, right away in 2020?
1: I think more he's going to pro, I think he's going to provide some big plays. That's kind of where I see his production coming from. Tampa Bay defensive backs and safeties in general aren't sexy. They don't play, you know, they don't get a lot of those tackles and you've got Devin White, you've got Levante David up front so you've got some linebackers that are already kind of swallowing up some of the tackle opportunities, but really solid bloodline with uh with Winfield and we know how good Antoine Winfield was when he was playing and I think junior can, can definitely gobble up some interceptions. It wouldn't surprise me if he was an interception leader amongst the defensive back. And, you know, you've got really good corners, but I think Winfield is a really good football player. So tackles may not be there. I don't, he's, I don't think he's going to be a 100 tackle guy, but certainly maybe 75, 80, maybe four or five picks, which I think is just fine for a rookie.
0: Yeah. I'd be curious to see too. um, If Justin Evans can get healthy there, that's going to be, uh, situation to watch on the IDP side this summer. Non rookie sleepers. Who who do you have at the top of that group?
1: Sleepers, I like I like Kari Willis out of uh out of Indianapolis. I think this is a, a good year for him. I think he's been a little overshadowed and I think he's been also riddled with some injuries. I think Clayton Gathers is done. Um uh, I think we can kind of close the book on him. Mm-hmm. Um but I like Kari Willis in, in Indianapolis for for a nice late round sleeper.
0: I think Jonathan Abram in, I almost said Oakland, with the Raiders, (laughs) um, you know, it was just last year that he was a first round pick, but Mm -hmm. when you do that, and when you go down in week one, I I think there's a chance that people are ready to move on from you already, especially when we're talking about a position such as DB, where there is Mm -hmm. so much year-to-year volatility, and there's just not, it, it doesn't pay off to stick with guy to to stick with a player and wait for him to produce it's it's okay to to give up on somebody so i would see if jonathan abram maybe is available and then one a little bit older but not old guy is haha clinton Dix intrigues Mm. he's on just a one-year deal with the cowboys so like at other positions that might not suggest dynasty upside but clinton Dix won't turn 28 until late december And he lands in Dallas with coordinator Mike Nolan, who has been good for safety production in his career as a coordinator and head coach. There was William Moore with the Falcons. It was Jeremiah Bell with the Dolphins. Brian Dawkins in the one year that Mike Nolan spent with the Broncos. Michael Lewis back with the 49ers. And, you know, maybe if there's a good year this year with those guys, maybe it turns into more than just a one-year marriage for Clinton Dex.
1: He feels like he's been in the league forever and I don't know if it's just because of the name but that's I didn't realize he was still that young. This will be his first year that he has a really opportunity for standout production. And I don't you know what and we're talking about injuries and we're talking about guys if if you know how your league drafts and if they're just sorting by stats from last year, you're not going to see Keon Daniel and I think Keon Daniel is another one that you can maybe buy on or definitely buy low on. And if you're risk averse, certainly stay away from him and even Jonathan Abram. But I tell you what, you talk about a high upside duo in your DB position, Jonathan Abram and Keanu Neal having those two guys, and very, very likely that you could probably get those two guys. But if you're risk averse and don't want to handle something like that, then it's definitely not for you. But I think that's like a high, a pretty high upside duo. I mean, Neal is only still a few seasons removed from from his breakout 2017, well over hundred tackles. He's a big hitter plays up in the box. So I'm going back on the Keanu Neal train this year. If it derails it'll it derails, you know, derailed pretty quick last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll see this summer how healthy is, but if there's somewhere to not worry about risk, it's at DB because if you have Keanu Neal and he shreds his knee in week two, there's going to be somebody that you can pick up off the waiver wire. I mean, unless you're the deepest of leagues, there Mm -hmm. are going to be options that you can replace him with.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: I have to ask you as the Cleveland guy, if maybe we're going to get a Carl Joseph resurrection at safety in Cleveland,
1: like in terms of IDP or I think overall,
0: I think, well, I mean, I guess overall in terms of, are they going to play Carl Joseph enough, or is he going to get starter snaps where we could get a resurrection fantasy wise, or is it, should we just forget that Carl Joseph was once a first round
1: pick of the Raiders? from an IDP standpoint, he's going to be tough because I think they're already looking at him as a, as their deep, as their deep guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to play snaps. They don't have anybody else at safety. I mean, they let go of Randall. I don't think Burnett is going to be back. I mean, you got Sheldrick Redwine who might see some snaps if they play three safety sets. But I think in terms of, of production, I think Joseph, I mean, he has a lot to prove. It's a one-year deal, so he's still relatively young, so he still wants a long-term contract. So as long as he gets the snaps, he's going to have the upside to produce, but I think he's going to play the deep role um, instead of uh, a more in-the-box type of, of role. But he'll have opportunities to make plays, whether it's uh, picks or, or some deep tackles. But I'm, I like the Joseph pickup. I I like he's probably going to be playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's he's going to be playing for a contract as long as he gets the snaps. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't uh, why he can't produce. You know the DB position is a great streaming position. So you know if he gets a couple of games under his belt and he's showing some upside, pick him up. If he has those couple of weeks where he just goes off, sell high and uh, but enjoy the production and, and sell high on that. But I like the addition, so I, I think he's going to be. Uh, pretty solid in, in that, in that deep role.
0: Yeah. I think playing time is going to be key to watch with him because he was rarely a full timer for the Raiders. And I, I always think it's funny when guys switch, switch teams like that. It wasn't a trade, but you know, the Browns pick up Carl Joseph on a one-year deal. The Raiders pick up uh, Demarius Randall on a one-year deal. Yep. Surprised yeah, surprised to see the Browns just let Randall walk?
1: No, I think he kinda became a, a locker room problem near the end of the season. So it didn't it didn't surprise me. I mean, with the new regime coming in, I think the uh the writing was definitely on the wall. So that one was not a surprise. You know, you gotta get in character guys and, and I just don't think he, he was a fit. I mean a good football player, but I don't think he was a fit.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now for my IDP rookie rankings, as well as updated overall dynasty rankings for IDPs. And of course, all the stuff you need on the offensive side. Definitely check out Mike Wollert's podcast, Mic'd Up on Anchor FM, Apple, Spotify, basically wherever you go to get your podcasts. Find Mike there. You can also follow Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Woolert. That is W-O-E-L-L-E-R-T. Mike, thanks again for joining me.
1: Absolutely, Matt. And also, I, you can find all my work over at 444.com. All of my defensive line, defensive back linebacker, ranking breakdowns, rookie breakdowns, all of that good IDP stuff. Matt, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. I look forward to interacting more on Twitter as we get into the summer and closer to true fantasy draft season.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready to get back to some football and a, and a little bit of normalcy where we can get it
0: right you can of course also find ds on twitter where you're at draft sharks i am at shop ds it's s-c-h-a-u-f for mike wollert and the draft sharks crew i'm matt shouse saying thanks so much for swimming with us